Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we are having a fun pre-chat with Kyle Matthew, who celebrated the Independence Day with being unbunked. Uh, we're very excited to talk to him about that experience, his life, and more. Please welcome to the program, Kyle. Hello. How are so, Hello. Dude, yeah, that's that's a nice uh, gift. Uh, it's a Friday. It's the Fourth of July, and hey, you're on TV. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, did you have a watch party, uh, kind of family get together to watch it? I did. I had a watch party with uh, a group of my friends, all double vaccinated, of course. And it was really incredible. It was such a special moment in my life that I'll never forget. I truly feel that the milestones mean nothing without great people to share them with. And I'm fortunate enough that I have a handful of great people who I've somehow convinced to want to be friends with me. Well, it, uh, it could be that personality, could be that smile, uh, and could be lots of other things that we're going to dive into. Um, no, that's, that's very good for you. It's, it's, it's a great moment. Uh, I'm very happy that you had a chance to, uh, to enjoy it. And especially, again, uh, it's, you know, if it came out three months ago or four months ago, you wouldn't have been able to enjoy that. Right. Because we were still in a scenario where we couldn't kind of get together. Now, you are. so it just makes it even more special. Yeah. Very cool. So what was it like? Again, my, you know, my kids, uh, uh, they love bunk. Uh, so they've been watching it. And uh, right. I, I haven't seen it for a little while because they're, they're kind of growing out of it a little bit. But uh, what was your experience like then? Did you enjoy Punk, uh, you know, before uh, you got on it? It was an amazing time. The entire team on Bunked from the casting department to the production department to the actual actors on the show, they could not have been kinder and more welcoming to me. And everyone involved in the, in the show is just so talented that I just felt lucky to be in the room. I mean, I think that there's a misconception sometimes with kids shows that, that they're, you know, lower on the totem pole, but I can tell you from firsthand that these were some of the most talented people from all parts of, of the puzzle that I've ever gotten to work with. Yeah, I yeah I don't know who thinks that the kids shows are not uh, as high value. Uh, and if well, you're watching this and you think so, do some more watching. Uh, of I completely show. agree. Yeah, but again, it's 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 the there's a formula, right? Uh, all of the shows have their own formula to it. But in order to find the right formula, in order to stick to the right formula, in order to execute it in terms of cinematography, in terms of writing in terms of the proper uh, lighting, in terms of getting the actors on board. It is a really difficult thing to do. So whatever formula that people are trying to do, it has to work because they're actually good at it. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So tell me about the, again, we'll get to the actual experience of being a punk, but what was the, uh, the process like? Uh, was it, you know, did you submit uh, yourself? Did you go through the agent? Uh, how many, you know, stages did you have to go through? What was that uh, whole thing? Of course. So it was a particularly unique experience, obviously, because of COVID. And then there were some life occurrences that also added another element to it, which was that a couple of days before I got the audition, which was at the beginning of January, my grandfather passed away. And this special 
I guess I appreciate that. Uh, relevant part about that, besides the fact that, you know, I loved him very much, was the fact that in high school, when I first started acting professionally, he used to always drive me to my auditions. And I booked my first couple of jobs with him by my side. And he was, in many ways, my good luck charm. So when I auditioned for the role, even that felt different. It felt like there was something special in the air. I had an extra, I guess, guardian looking over me. And what made it even more symbolic once I got the call back and then I got pinned and then I booked the role was that my grandfather's name was Martin and his father's name was Meyer. And the character I play on the show, his name is Myron. So that was just everything for me. Yeah, Mazarto. Uh, and uh, it's, thank you. Yeah, you know, for the first time, you know, it was, you were it talking was about shared. Ah, yes, it was uh, shared. It is. It is. It's. And uh, it felt like your grandfather for the first time actually got to be in the room. So uh, yeah. before he was waiting for you, now he got to be in the room right. and uh, it worked out. So that's exactly. Yeah, it's it's very interesting how life works out and all of these uh, all of these moments that we don't know what to think about as they're happening, uh, and then we realize a little bit later on that you know what that might have had uh, real significance on what happened. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, but uh, so getting onto the show, right? And uh, you're you're yeah. getting on set, and it's a it's a big show. It's a well known show. Um, for those people who are not in the industry, right? There are lots of people. It's not just the actors. There are lots of people everywhere. Uh, there are you know, producers, there are uh, associate producers. There are all sorts of uh, people, crew. So getting onto kind of this big set, what was that like? Was there is like, okay, I know I've been here before. I can do this, but this is way bigger than I'm used to. Well, once again, every filming experience during COVID, no matter, no matter what stage of your career you yeah. were at was a unique experience in itself. I mean, I got tested four times over seven days. So I, you know, I became an expert at the swab, the nose swab, so to speak. And so that in itself was very unique, but also just a testament of how incredibly well run of an operation is of how smooth everything was, how everyone was taking all the safety precautions. I mean, the entire crew wore masks and face shields the entire time we were filming. The only time that there were, and we wore masks ourselves as the actors, and the only time that we weren't wearing the masks were the few moments when we were actually filming. And the second they called cut, we put them back on. And so it was definitely very different in that way but it's still but it made the moments when we had our masks off because we knew we'd take the precautions and it was safe that much more profound because it kind of embodied the whole theme we've learned that we crave so much as humans over this past year, which is connection and interaction and being able to be with other people. Yeah. Um, another thing that I've noticed that I, I actually want to ask you about uh, from the acting perspective, but 
uh, because we, you know, a year and a half ago, we were not used to wearing masks at all, right? Uh, and then all of a sudden we had to uh, get used to it and it became uh, second nature uh, in a very weird way. But from an acting perspective, did you guys do rehearsals? And uh, if you did rehearsals, were there masks? Where I'm going with this is that I've noticed for myself is that apparently when people have the mask on, you're focusing a lot more on the eyes of the person than you were before. I didn't realize that. Now in, in acting, you know, I'm used to doing that because that's, that's where I get uh, my information from. That's how I right. can, uh, really get myself into a scene. But in life, we weren't doing that as much. So I found myself much more focused on the eyes of the person because I can't see the smile, uh, the smile, the face, the smile. I cannot see a lot of it. So the eyes became the focus. Did you have to rehearse and did you find that uh, similarity as well? Yeah, so great question and, and a great point that you've made. We did rehearse. That's one of the benefits of being on a multicam show is yeah. because you know they're taping it from multiple cameras at the same time, the blocking is that much more important. So we were granted the opportunity and another reason why I am itching for the opportunity to come back is because of the fact that it was in a lot of ways like how it all started for me, which was in the theater. And we got a lot of time to really focus on discovery and relationship and keeping every moment fresh and new. So we actually had three days of running things before we actually filmed the scenes. And sure, there were some rewrites in there, but it was such a blessing to be able to have that extra time to really, you know, get my bearings and us as a collective for that particular episode to kind of get in our groove. I, I love the multi-cam. Uh, again, I, I I make no secret of it. I would love to be on a multi-cam uh, sitcom. I'm the goofy yeah. uncle. If anybody needs one, I'm it. Uh, but Guys, I'll be it. Am I your nephew? Or am I what, what's going on here? I don't know if you're old enough to be my uncle, but you could be a young uncle. I'm I'm 46, so I I do believe I'm old enough to be your uncle. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're um, okay. Yeah. So, but it's the whole multicam, and for for those who are not familiar, uh, single cam uh, versus multicam environment. In a multicam, you're shooting in front of usually a live uh, studio audience. You have multiple cameras, so you have less takes usually. And then you're shooting at the end of the week. Usually it's a Friday or whatever shot. So you're rehearsing before that, and then you're actually doing a, a shot. Whereas in a single cam, you're shooting things out of sequence. You're shooting, you know, all sorts of coverages. If you and I are in the scene, we're going to do focus on you. We're going to do a focus on me. There are all yeah. sorts of uh, different things. Multicam, to me, is is a better lifestyle and in a more fun environment to be in because like you said you do have a chance to ground yourself in it okay what is my environment you know who are the people you don't just walk in boom you have your scene get out uh it, it's it's a it's a different environment i love multicam and did you have the live studio audience when you were taping or there was no audience there? so there was not an audience but i do have to say the entire crew was an incredible fill in, so to speak. And so all that energy that we would have gotten from an audience, I didn't feel as if it was compromised. Okay. You know, we paused for laughs. They, they, they 
they spoke about the parts in which laughs would be added and it felt very organic and every laugh felt whether they were faking it or not it felt as real the 10th time as it did the first time so and have you ever been again as as an actor you know this this has been a new experience for you but have you ever been in the studio audience uh, when uh, they're shooting a multi-cam i have not you should uh i i had a chance to do that again we live in chicago so uh we went to la hmm. with my friends we immediately you know got on the lot and we went to uh to see a taping of uh, man with a plan uh and it was it was it was a, such an interesting experience because you were there as an audience you actually there are people there to entertain you because as you the actors are shooting as you're going through the different uh, parts of your setups we have something to do. So there's food there. They explain uh, kind of the details. And the left track is kind of made up of us and it's made up of uh, other stuff that's being filled in. So the whole uh, environment is just a very unique experience that was really cool to watch. And then if you're used to watching sitcoms, which you know all of us are, and sure. you're used to watching multicam, we just don't know that it's multicam a lot of times, is now we finally see the whole stage. We see the room. Right. We see where they're entering, where they're going out. It's really, really cool. So if you get a chance, uh, definitely go to a taping once, uh, once they uh, get them again. Well, and that was cool just as someone who had seen the show before filming, being yeah. able to see what it looked like on camera and then going in. I do have to do a quick tangent because you okay. told me you're from Chicago. Yeah. Are you born and raised in Chicago? No, I'm, uh, I, was, uh, I was born in Ukraine. I came here at 14. Okay, so you can't, so you grew up in but you grew up in Chicago. I grew up in Chicago. So I went to very random, but I went to a summer camp in Eagle River, Wisconsin, okay. and the majority of the kids are from Northbrook, Deerfield, and Highland Park. That's my. So name. I, okay, cool. So it's Camp Ojibwa. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, um, but maybe you're maybe you're you're it's maybe more likely that you're if you have any kids, they might mm -hmm. have heard of it because if they go to one of those schools it's it's like a feeder feeder school to that camp but oops excuse me but i have a very special place in my heart for chicago because of that so i love chicago just had to tell you that thank you uh and i've yeah. never been to ukraine but i'm sure that's great too well one of the reasons why we left chicago is because we left ukraine and we, we did not enjoy you being you Jewish. didn't like the, you didn't like the pizza yeah, uh, it was it was the pizza, definitely. Yeah, it was the pizza. Yeah, it was, I, it was always the, the pizza. Always the pizza. Uh, but you know, we left we left Ukraine for the reasons that you can imagine, uh, being yeah. Jewish, and uh, uh, there's wonderful Jewish community all in the suburbs that you've mentioned, and uh, yeah, north from you know where I am. By the way, those of you who do not know Helen Park, you know Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan has his house, the gate that has the twenty three on it. Uh, I drove by it. It's in Highland Park. So uh, that's- I didn't know that. That's so cool. Is that the Space Jam house? Is that the house he lived at when he, when he's in Space Jam? It, it should have been based on the show. Yeah. But, right. Uh, I think he finally, he finally sold it. He's been trying to sell it forever. Uh, but wow. around there, again, I'm going on tangents now, but- uh, I love it. Though. This is what we're here for. Around that area, you can, uh, you can ski. So uh, cross-country skiing, you're basically <clears throat> grabbing your skis and then going around Highland Park. And he has 
pine trees all over kind of around the property but you can be around that and then uh i definitely because i, I had full intentions of inviting him to the wedding so i drove by to get the address you know i invited him to the wedding michael if you're watching this i'm still waiting yeah. for, for you to answer come that. on come on michael yeah uh, he's ready like you had anything better to do at that time but anyway um, right. so it is in highland park and it's it's a really cool area i love it yeah so uh, the getting on the set, right? We're, we're back to the multi-cam. So you, you had a chance to see what it's like inside what you're used to watching uh, from TV set. Yes, and it was super cool too. I mean, I, I, even though I've been acting, you know, for a hot minute now, I still get the same excitement, the same butterflies in my stomach whenever I'm on set as if it's the first time. And every time it's so cool, so surreal. And I just feel so lucky to play a small part in it. And hopefully that small role continues, right? I think you were a guest uh, guest star and uh, maybe it's going to be recurring. We'll, we'll yeah, keep fingers crossed there's definitely, there definitely is a chance. So let's, uh, let's manifest that. Everyone, let's, all the listeners, let's write some letters. Uh, write some letters, talk to grandpa, uh, see if you can uh, pull some strings uh, from about. Exactly. Get yeah, seriously. I would love that. I'm sure he's already pulling all the strings from up above. So I have no doubt that he's working his magic right now. Well, I hope so. And as, as the as the Jews uh, in us will do, we're going to say, fu, fu, fu. and then uh, we'll make that <laughs> yes. Yeah. The funny thing is that my kids started doing that. You know, uh, and, you know my amazing. son is knocking on wood and doing fu, fu, fu. I'm like, dude. I love it. What's happening? I love uh, it. Very cool. And then again, we, we kind of touched upon the, the whole you know Jewish part. And uh, from what I understand, you do quite a bit of volunteering for the uh, you know Jewish boys and girls clubs uh, where you live. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm I am a member or a volunteer for Jewish Big Brothers and Big Sisters of Los Angeles. Yeah, I am very proud, very proud of that, and honored to be associated with that organization. And why did you uh, start that? I mean. I think I know why, but I'd like to hear, you know, what was your motivation for doing it? Well, there were a few reasons. I mean, the first obvious one was I definitely was looking for an opportunity to kind of reconnect with my Jewish roots, mm -hmm. as I feel a lot of young people have moments where they go in and out and, and they want to, you know, have that reconnection. Two, I'm the baby of my family. So the idea of being a big brother to someone was a really cool idea and was a role that sounded fun to me. And then most importantly, I am not ashamed to admit this in the slightest. Selfishly, I am my most happiest when I am doing something for someone else. I used to have an acting teacher in college that used to say, if you want to be the most controversial person in any room just go in and say mother Teresa was the most selfish selfish person in history which is on first hearing it sounds so barbaric but if you think about it the whole act of giving to others the whole idea that one of my favorite quotes is by Jim Carrey the fact you have on others is the most valuable currency there is that feeling you get from that, from taking the focus off you and putting it on someone else, I personally don't believe there is a better feeling. So selfishly, 
while the the party hope the other the receiving party hopefully is benefiting from it, I also get so much out of it myself. No, I, I, I get that. And it's, you know, we, we all know, right, it's better to give than to receive, but we don't know why. And, and some people feel it. So when you're saying it, it resonates for me because yeah. I get so much joy and energy just from being helpful and uh, yeah. doing something for somebody. That's what I get it from. So it's like all of these rules and all of these spiritual principles that we hear about the reason is, it's just, that's how it works. Uh, right. But don't do it because you're thinking you're going to get something in return. Do it because you are getting something in return just by doing it. That's right. The, exactly. Very cool. It's, it's good that you're doing that. And then uh, yeah. last thing I wanted to, uh, to kind of ask you before, uh, I know you need to run, you have other commitments, but uh, why acting? You know, what, uh, what made you go into this really difficult, weird industry that there is no linear progression in whatsoever. Sure. So actually, funny story, growing up, I was pretty set on being a professional basketball player. Right. I wore sweatbands every day to school. I was obsessed with the Lakers, which is a story for another time, being a Lakers fan growing up in Dallas, Texas. How do you make sense of that? And then lastly, my bar mitzvah theme was even centered around basketball. So I was like, I was in it. I was, I had my eyes on the prize and it wasn't until eighth grade when we had this event called Shakespeare day at my school at the time, Green Hill school, which I proudly attended from kindergarten through 12th grade. And at Shakespeare day, they had, we all performed scenes from Romeo and Juliet. And I ended up winning best actor on that day. Hmm. And though the plaque that I got from that is smaller than a four by six picture, the effect it had in terms of my confidence and the catalyst it served for me to really take a serious look at performing and what it brought to me was huge. And I also realized around the same time that my chances of being over six foot were slim to none. So it was a combination of those two things, but I do have to say, Alan, that my aspirations of playing the NBA are still very real to this day, just in a different form, which is I have very serious goals to play in the NBA Celebrity All-Star Game. There you go. So the dream is still alive. Kevin Hart has won three MVPs, so I have a lot to live up to, but... That dream is real, and I am still preparing for that day. Okay. Well, and again, poo uh, poo poo for that as well. Exactly. Um, and uh, what's uh, so? Are you a shooter? Are you a, a, a drive and dish guy? I was. I'm a. I'm a shooter. I was never the best ball handler, and I would say I'm a scrappy player. And I was definitely like a pure shooter. Free throws were. Free throws and threes were like my my bread and butter uh, back in the day when I was at when I was at my prime in seventh grade. Listen, everybody needs a a spot up three shooter, uh, so you're you're right in there. So keep uh, keep exactly. working at it. it. It'll happen. Good, love it. Very cool. Um, you know, on on the tangent as we as we tend to go, my best friend's daughter is a really good basketball player and she's just entering high school 
And uh, we went on vacation and uh, she asked if I want to do a little pickup game. Uh, I knew I was going to get my butt kicked, but I wanted to see just how badly. Uh, right. I am not a good basketball player. It was not my sport. Tennis is my sport. I'm good at that. Mm. But basketball, I was a good shooter. Uh, so not a drive guy, but a good shooter. So we played. Um, I was able to, uh, and she's, I think, five, five, seven, five, eight right now. So I'm okay. six feet. So it's not like we had a huge disparity of height. Uh, there's nothing that I could do. I, I stopped her twice, but all of the other time, it doesn't matter what I do. Like I get into perfect defensive position and she just blows right by me or she doesn't wow. and I'm done. Like yeah. I, I learned at that time that A, I'm older than I think I am. And B, <laughs> I'm glad that basketball was not my game because that's just not what I'm great at. Right. I love it. We love it. We love, we love some good self-awareness. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm inviting her to play tennis with me. I'll, I'll take my revenge there. Oh, okay. Good. Good. Perfect. Well, listen, uh, Kyle, thank you so much for coming out. I'm really happy that you had uh, your experience with Bunk. I'm hoping that uh, it'll become a recurring. I'm hoping other good things will happen and continue volunteering. I think that, you know, good energy in, good energy out. What you put into the universe, you get out of it. And it seems like you're putting in the right things. So, you know, all hoping for you. I appreciate that. Well, it was an honor being on your show and I look forward to coming back again sometime yeah. in the future. You're, you're always welcome. And when you're in that uh, all-star game, uh, please let me know so I can, I can watch. I will. I certainly will. I certainly will. Perfect. Then thanks uh, everybody for tuning in. Uh, whether you turned in because of uh, Kyle's smile, because of Bunked, because of my tangents, we appreciate you doing so. Please continue. Thank you. Thank you.